Good morning. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a mixed up person. Mom and dad went to the United States after World War II, and uh, then I was born. And then we moved to Florida where I met my husband, and in 1984 we were married, and in 1987 we went to Africa, and we have been through many countries. We've been through, uh, it was Zaire back then, that's how long we've been in Africa. We were in the DRC, uh, Kenya, to learn language, Tanzania, Burundi, Malawi, uh, where else were we? Zambia, <laughs> where else have we been? And God has blessed us, we're so grateful, but sometimes I find it difficult to know which language to speak in. You know, I was in language school with my husband in France in 1991, parce qu'on doit parler le français en Afrique centrale. We have to speak French in Central Africa. So of course we speak with, a, with an African accent. But we were in, um, in language school, and I've never spoken to my husband in anything but English up until that point. Maybe Swahili, Swahili. So we were learning Swahili before that. And so we're in French class, and our teacher's talking to us. And I lean over to him and I said, I was speaking to him in Finnish. So sometimes the languages get mixed up in our brain. And, um, but it's nice to speak English sometimes now. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed I love worship here at Awaken Life. Y'all are blessed. And I love the word that's here at Awaken Life. Y'all are blessed. We are blessed. We're so, we so enjoy coming here on Sundays. And um, we want to thank you for your welcome. Thank you, for Pastor Irindeo, for receiving us. I mean, they took a chance on us. And, uh, you know, we could have come and messed things up, and we've tried to behave ourselves and not be too American. Uh, but may the Lord bless you. And we hope that somehow we can be a blessing to you. The past two weeks, we've learned of, of how to survive the ups and downs in life. Um, and then last week, we learned about how important words are. If I remember right, uh, we speak something between seven and 10,000 words a day. It depends for me. Sometimes it's on the low end of the scale and sometimes it's double. It just depends on what, type, what kind of day it is. But uh, this, this week, I wanted to talk about how we have can take those two truths and move forward with it. Uh, I've walked with the Lord a little while. I don't want to say how long because then it's going to give away my age. And I, and I don't really want to give that away. I have grandchildren and that's about as much as you need to know about me. Um, but I've walked with the Lord long enough to know that his ways are best, even when I don't understand it. I, my, my grandfather uh, from Finland, he had eight children and uh, five of them were boys. And he said to them, if you, no, four of them were boys. If you only understood that you don't understand anything, then at least you've understood something. <laughs> That's a true quote from him. And I've kind of applied that to my life because when you walk with the Lord, he is so beyond our understanding. The way he walks and leads us is so different to what we are, what we are accustomed to. And when we were led here to South Africa, I, I was, like my husband said a few weeks ago, that was off the radar. It wasn't even a blip on our radar because we've been in the Central and Eastern African region for so long, but it came together so well and there was so much peace about it. The doors are, when they open and you know God is in it, you have to walk through. You, you don't have a choice. I've had too much experience walking with the Lord to neglect when he does something. If he does something, you better listen. 
And like many of you, though, I didn't come into this life and into where I am today without being wounded or scarred. Have you? Have you? I think all of us have walked, with, walked in this life, even when you're, before you walk with the Lord, it feels like walking on glass with bare feet. But you know, God can bring beauty out of that brokenness and out of those scars. I didn't come to the Lord without a, without a wound or a scar, and it left me marked. And life continues to leave me marked. You know, we, th- we think when we come to the Lord, life's going to be all, you know, this, you know, this uh, utopia. But I think you've, we've all learned by now, it's not that way. It's not that way. But the scars that I came into life with and I, and I have walked with and I have accumulated in life have left me with a little bit of anxiousness. You know, I just need to be careful where I'm going because I've done this before. The world in this life and our personal histories have a way of leaving their mark on us. And even after we come to the Lord, we often stay just like we were when we found him because our, sp- our scars speak to us so very loudly. They speak and we remember and we see the scar and we say, yeah, I remember that. So I'm just going to stay away. I'm going to mm-hmm, behave myself and just right here, right here. There may be a few differences in how we're talking. We might go to church on Sunday, crack our Bible when the pastor's speaking, right? Maybe we'll listen to more Christian music. Maybe we'll go to certain services. But the echoes of our past tell us, the scars of the past tell us that, if, that we risk being hurt again if we get too far out there. Or we don't qualify. We don't qualify because our background is so scarred and so wounded and so dirty. So we don't qualify because of the scars and marks of our past. And our own minds join, with the, join in with the lies of Satan and agree and say, we can't. And so the battle within our thoughts is won because we've joined with Satan and him saying, you can't do it because God doesn't say that. The Bible says, you know this, you have a great pastoral team. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything that he says I can do. But in our minds, we start thinking, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the other? We believe we aren't good enough because we know what we were. Hmm? where we came from and how many times we failed, we forget to think about the one or two times that we didn't fail. We forget to think about the times that God did come through for us. It's easier to believe we don't qualify than believe that God could actually do something with us. It's easier to believe that because we know where we come from. We know what we've done. And we use this excuse to remain as we were, and sometimes we remain in some bad behaviors that we had engaged in because we say we're flawed. And so what? So what? I'm flawed. And then we fear the pain. We fear the pain of failure. We feel the pain of being hurt. And yes, we're flawed. We live in disposable suits that are destined for decay. We are. We live in these disposable suits that are destined to decay. But this is what makes us perfect candidates. That makes you perfect for God to use. You are exactly what he wants. The same problem of regarding ourselves as, what, as we see ourselves is what prevents us from letting God use us. We put the guards on ourselves and we say no. And all the while God is in the back saying, yes, you can. You can. Would you just wait a minute? But we listen to the thoughts in our mind more than we listen to what God is saying. We can't see such a thing with our eyes or with our hearts because of the mindset and wisdom that's required to understand that God can use us. 
it's something that, it's a way of thinking in life that we're not used to because we live in this fallen world. We live in a place that is surrounded by pain. 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. When we were born again, we answered the call to what the world would consider foolish. The world would say, but you know, that's kind of silly, going to Africa. I mean, you have a comfortable position in America, going to Africa. That's kind of foolish. That's kind of foolish for you to go to that church over there. That's kind of foolish to go to that piece of education when you have no qualifications. The person who answers this call is the one who's really wise. Coming this morning was the wisest thing you could have done. Not to hear me, but to worship God. That's wisdom. Wisdom isn't found in books. Knowledge is found in books. But wisdom is found in God. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 2 Verse 6 and then verses 13 to 16, it says, However, we speak wisdom among, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. All those smart people who think they're really smart, and without, apart from God, they're coming to nothing. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but, with the, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual, he judges or understands all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wisdom, if we consider what we've just read, if we think about that carefully, is not found in what the world says is wisdom. The world would say very differently to what God would say. The world tells us we don't qualify, we don't measure up, and we don't have what it takes to make any difference of in this world. That's what the world would say. The world would say you have to do this, 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 and this. You have to save this much money. You have to own this much property. You have to have this much education. And you have to then hold your position in your work for 40 years before you can retire and die. That's the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of the world. And if that is all that we're after, then we are, of all people, the mo to be pitied. Because our hope isn't in the retirement account because tomorrow, as we've seen in the financial markets, everything can bottom out in a day. Sure, take care and make fi wise financial decisions. Pay your tithe, don't throw your money away, be smart. But at the end of the day, if everything falls through the floor, we have Jesus. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. We were in, the, in Burundi during the war years between 1993 and 2000. And it was a time when there was, um, there was an economic embargo placed on the country. There was no fuel. There wasn't sugar. But our car never ran out of diesel. And we always had sugar for the tea. That was back in the days when we were young enough to use sugar. But we always had sugar to put in our tea. It was always there. Now... Mind you, we only drove the car on Sunday or for emergencies, and then I rode my bike or walked elsewhere. But God was faithful. God is always going to be faithful as long as we trust him, and his wisdom will see us through. His wisdom will walk us through. God's wisdom says the opposite. We understand what God's mind is because we have, if we dare to believe, the mind of Christ. We have it. I remember we were walking. We love to walk and hike, my husband and I. It's like our second half of our marriage, we've discovered that we love hiking. 
So we love to walk and hike together. And we were walking about a year and a half ago, and it just came into our heart that there had to come a change. There had to come a change, and it made no sense made no sense. All my life, I never had anything in Africa, and God, he allowed us to build a house. We sold our house in America. We build a house in Africa, and God says, leave it. I said, okay. Makes no sense. And we relocated, and God made a way. When everyone says you can't make it that easy, God did. And I still don't understand it, but there's an overwhelming peace. Even as I speak, you're thinking about your own life and you're nodding and you're saying, yeah, I know God has led me through some things I don't understand. Has he done that for you? Yeah, he's done that for me as well. Nikki Gumbel says this, wisdom is the art of steering through the battles and blessings of life and living skillfully in whatever condition you find yourself in. Incredible, incredible. God gives us the ability to live skillfully. I'm not a very skilled driver in the sense that I don't know where I am. My husband sometimes panics when he sends me off alone. If I've just, like when I first came to Pretoria, I panicked. I didn't know where I was. No, this is true, sincere panic, because it's so discombobulating. We're driving on another side of the road. I don't know left from right, north from south, east from west. If you tell me to go east today, I don't know which way that is. But when we have Jesus, he puts a GPS on the inside of us. He puts a spiritual GPS there. Thank God for GPS. He puts a spiritual GPS on the inside of us, and he gives us the ability to live skillfully when we don't understand, which is most of the time, we don't understand where, which way we're going. So we often live in this in-between place. Have you ever felt like you're in an in-between place? I kind of feel that way right now, of God's wisdom and this world's wisdom. God's wisdom is pulling us one way. The world's wisdom is pulling us another and it is there where the wounds and flaws of our lives become painfully evident. Because we, f we steer towards the familiar, towards the safe. We pull away from daring to trust God when to do more than what we could do alone. We say we belong to God, but we pull away when he begins to lead us because we're afraid. We're afraid of the pain and we're afraid that we're going to fail. We're afraid that we don't measure up. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the end of verse 19 and the beginning of verse 20. I just love this little phrase. It says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And you know, we lose the right to ourselves when we come to Christ. We lose that right. We are no longer our own. We belong to him. And that, is the, we, that also means we lose the burden of self-rule. You know, there's a scripture. My husband preaches a real cool message. And in this message, he brings you to the scripture that we're to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Amen? We are, we are dead, but we're alive to God. And he gives the illustration. I should have him come and do it for you because it's pretty funny. He says, have you ever seen a dead sacrifice crawl off the altar? Have you ever seen? And I know, you know, and I, I picture myself like as one of those sheeps going towards the altar and all the, sh the sheep are being slaughtered and, and the ones going up to the altar are hearing their, their brothers and sisters crying because they're about to be offered. And it's the same thing. We see the blood, figuratively speaking. We hear the struggle and we don't want to go there because it's a painful place. But you know what? Sacrificing to God is only as painful as we make it. It's not painful because God's ways are better. And we mentally, because we're Christians and we're in church today, we'll say, yeah, God's ways are better. But then when he challenges us with something that we don't understand, 
We've lost the rule to, the right to self-rule. But if we can get that truth, it's freeing. It's a free place because everything about our lives has become the concern of our Father. God is concerned about you. Do you think that he would lead you somewhere that's bad? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. When you hear the guns and you hear the grenades and you see the rockets fire over your house, he's there. When you don't know where your next job is going to come from, he's there. He's so faithful. If we could view ourselves as God does, we could see how he takes our broken pieces and he creates something beautiful. We feel so broken and so lost because we have been so scared to trust the Lord and lead him in our brokenness. We have to let go of that brokenness defining us as who we are. We let our past and the bad things we did in the past become the definition of who we are. But in Christ, everyone is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Everything's new. If we talk to Jesus and say, you know, yeah, I did that, you know, he'll say, what? Excuse me? Because it's been tossed away, it's been thrown away. But we like to live there because we're used to it. And I challenge you today to come up higher and understand that we as children of God can't live in yesterday's failures and expect a victory today. You have to let go. God takes those broken pieces and he creates something beautiful out of it. Have you ever seen a prism? Or those old disco balls. Now I'm dating myself. You know, those old disco balls. But they do create an amazing light, don't they? And that's what God does. He picks up all those broken pieces and he, and he begins to put them together and they create a beautiful, a beautiful array of light that he shines to people all around you. We like to see things straightened with one definition. But God sees things in a multifaceted way. He takes broken pieces and creates something that no one else could ever see. He creates beauty from that brokenness. We also like to throw away broken things. At my house, when I get that, do you ever rage clean or angry clean? I get that way. And, and when you clean and there's a broken thing and it's been sitting there for six months and it's not gotten fixed, what am I going to do? If it's, not, if it's there in my way, it's going into the, into, the, into the trash, into the rubbish. So everyone in my family knows mom is rage cleaning today. Hide. Hide everything. Because God, man, mom's going to get rid of everything. There's a good chance if you leave it out, it's going to go into the trash. If I'm doing a deep clean, throw it, put, it, put it all away. My husband's quite the opposite, so you can imagine some of our conversations. They're just conversations. They're just conversations at our house. But God is not that way with broken things. For those who dare to offer him their brokenness and say, God, whatever you can do with this mess, do it. Whatever you can create for me, create it. He will use them. It is with the broken that God creates an array of colors that we could never imagine because broken crayons still color. Have you, you know, when I was a kid, I think that's up there. When I was a kid, have you ever, you remember the boxes of crayons before school? You know, my parents always got me the 12, 12 crayon box. You know, the little box. But there's the dream box. Have you ever seen the dream box of crayons when you were a kid like has 64 crayons in it? And I wanted that. 
but I never got it. So I would save all my crayons, and I bet you had this at home. There was a, a tub filled with all the broken pieces of the crayons. And you know what I did with them? I colored. I colored with them. And that's what God does with us. He uses our brokenness. And God takes our brokenness and turns it into a beautiful picture. He can take melted crayons and create an amazing, different thick. This is a picture created with melted crayons. He can take all of that brokenness and use it to make something beautiful. God uses us. Out of our brokenness, he creates beauty if we can believe him. Think, now, since it's Women's Month, listen to this. Think about Rahab in Joshua chapter 2, who hid Israel's spies. Think about her. She made it into Jesus' genealogy. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, if you want a verse. There you go. She made it into Jesus' genealogy. She also made the Faith Hall of Fame in, in Hebrews chapter 11. What a flawed person she was, but her crayons colored. What a picture she colored with her life. And then think about Miriam, Moses' sister, from Exodus chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 15. She spoke against Moses' wife in Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 to 16. Kind of a, you know, she said, you married that woman? How could you marry her from that different group of people? Sounded racist to me, but God used her, forgave her, and she led Israel in song and worship and prophecy. What a beautiful picture she created. The woman at the well from John chapter 4. She had multiple husbands. Jesus spoke to her and she became an evangelist. Church history tells us that there was churches born out of that result, out of her preaching. Even with her flawed past, her, mo her brokenness created a picture that we refer to even today. God used broken people. And if every one of these women and others in the Bible, like Samson, what? I'm sorry, but Samson? <laughs> Samson, that's another story. Moses, David, Paul, if they had thought their brokenness disqualified them, where would we be today? The Bible would not be written. But we use, we refer to their flaws. And consider the fact that wherever you have a scar, how many of you have a scar on your body somewhere? Or you've broken a bone? Science tells us that that part of your body is stronger than the other parts. When it heals, it heals stronger. The kingdom of God needs broken people. Broken people who have been touched by God to speak to a broken world. People are not going to listen to perfect past but they'll listen to somebody who says, yeah, I was there, but now I'm not. Hallelujah. We, we often equate healing as physical, as only physical. And indeed, anyone who's ever been sick, we are grateful for God's healing. <laughs> I'm thankful for Panadol if I have a headache. If I, I, in fact, I have a, a plaster on my foot right now, and I'm very thankful for it. I wore a shoe that put a blister on my foot yesterday. I'm so grateful for the, for the, for the plaster. And it's easy to plaster a wound, but as we heard last week, it's hard to plaster a soul. Those wounds are hard to plaster. Luke chap but Jesus can. In Luke chapter 14, verses 18, 19, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Sound like you? Sounds like me. And recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's acceptable now to call out to him. It's a good time. How many of you have been broken? How many of you have been captive? How many of you have been blind? Well, we are all candidates. 
Simply put, brokenness and scars make us perfect candidates to carry the gospel to this world. We can relate. We can relate. This also means that when we're out in the storms and the waves of this world, because this, this life will throw storms at you, we will be wounded again. Life, we're going to walk through life and we're going to be wounded again. And however, when those waves slams us against the rocks on the shore, may, the, may it not work not to break us, but to be thankful for the one who holds us in the storm. There's another slide here I want to put up to you that I've referred to again and again. I've learned to kiss the waves that slam me against the rock of ages. When those waves come and those storms come, by Charles Spurgeon, when those waves and storms come, thank God, because they're going to come anyway. They're going to come anyway. But when it comes, let, may it serve as a reminder that there is one who you land on who's going to hold you in the middle of the storm. So kiss that way. Say, thank you for reminding me. Maybe I was getting a little bit callous. Maybe I was forgetting. John chapter 16, verse 33. And this is the verse people don't like to hear. John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Kiss the waves. I have overcome the world. Oh, thank God. Thank God because there's going to be a storm that's going to slam you against some rocks and you're going to feel like you're broken, but that wave will remind you there's someone holding you. I listened to a song, and you should listen to it, but called Scars by a group called I Am They. I sent it to Pastor yesterday. I said, this, I love this song. It's not a new song. Uh, a song called Scars by I Am They. And a few words from it says, Looking back from the other side, I can see now with open eyes darkest water and deepest pain. Have you been there? I wouldn't trade it for anything because my brokenness brought me back to you. These wounds are a story you'll use, so I'm thankful for the scars. For without them, I wouldn't know your heart, and I know they'll always tell of who you are. So forever, I'm thankful for the scars. You know, we have something to be thankful for, even though it, this life is a process of perhaps falling and getting up again. But those scars remind us of how wonderful our Savior is. At the end of the day, we will be troubled. We will face pain. But Jesus has given us peace, as this verse says. He told us, be of good cheer. Cheer up. Cheer up. I've overcome the world. Today, we may be troubled and broken, but that won't last forever. That won't last forever. We're all broken and scarred vessels sent to bring hope to a dying world. And you see, we simply look like our Savior who was scarred before us. My favorite devotional author is Amy Carmichael, who was a missionary to India. She established a home for girls, children who were going to be offered to temple idols. And she lived it rough in, in India as a woman, rescuing these children. And she penned these words. Hast thou no scar, no hidden scar on foot or side or hand? I hear thee song as mighty in the land. I hear them hail thy bright ascendant star. star. Hast thou no scar? Hast thou no wound? Yet I was wounded by the archers spent, leaned me against a tree to die and rent. By ravening beasts that compassed me I swooned. Hast thou no wound? 
no wound, no scar. Yet as the master, so shall the servant be. And pierced are the feet that follow me. But thine are whole. Can he have followed far who has no wound or scar? Our feet are going to be pierced because we walk the, the journey of our Savior. So I challenge you today, don't worry about the wounds. Don't worry about the scars because you're following your Savior in his footsteps. And your crayon, it might be broken, but it'll still color. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Sure. Who's being touched by this message? Man, I tell you. Did it speak to you? It spoke to me. Amen. And uh, thank you so much, sister, for being obedient and bringing to the, the word of the Lord. Um, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you feel you between, between here and there, like in between. And, and I don't know, I, especially because of what we've been through with the pandemic and so forth. Our, our roots have been rattled. And so many people are feeling that way right now. It's like you, you haven't recovered to what we were before. You know, we are not where we're going to be. It's like we're in between somewhere. You're right. And, and by the way, we're soon going to be talking about that here in church. We're going to address that issue. But today, I, I, I wonder if you want to acknowledge that. And we'd like to pray for you, okay, before we close the service. It is so perfectly okay to be broken. And um, I, I meet people that they want to, it's like, yeah, I, 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 I need the church and I need God and I need Jesus. But, but first I've got to fix myself. I, I need to sort myself out first. Mm -hmm. it, it's like saying, I want to go in bath, but first I must clean up myself before I go take a bath or take a shower. No, man. You come in with all your stuff. In the shower, in the bath. That's what the shower and the bath is there for. And Jesus died to forgive us, to cleanse us, to save us, to restore us. We don't have to sort ourselves out before we come to him. We need him to sort us out. Amen. And so maybe if you feel that there's a, a sense of brokenness in your life and you've been feeling hindered by that, won't you lay that down at the feet of Jesus today? I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to ask for hands. You know, this is between you and God because these things are very deep. They are very personal. And so I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads right now. Close your eyes and bow your heads. And, and, and think of those areas in your life where you feel you are inadequate. Then I'm going to ask Sister Leah just to, to, to pray over us and to invite God to come and touch your life and bring healing to those broken pieces. Bring healing to those scars. It is true. Scars will remain, but they can be healed. The wound can be healed. And so talk about it. Think about those disappointments. Think about those hurts. And, and some of you may even have, quietly maybe, said, I cannot go to God. He has let me down. He has allowed these things to happen to me. 
again, I've spoken to people who are trying to run away from God because they think, God, why didn't God stop? Why didn't God help? Why didn't God prevent? And you know when these things happen, we've heard it so many times. We live in a broken world. Jesus said it. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have disappointments. But guys, God is a person to run to, not to run away from. He is the only one that can restore, heal, mend. So please, 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 give up on the idea of running away from God. This morning, run to God. And in spite maybe of your doubts, of your fears, of your pain, surrender to him. Say, Lord, I don't understand. This is my burden. This is my pain. This is my wound. This is my weakness. This is my flaw. I bring it to you, Jesus. And God, I choose you. I choose to follow you. I choose to surrender these things to you. Surrender these things to God right now. And receive this prayer now as Leah brings all of us and brings these things before the Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the wonderful name, that name when it's spoken over our lives has the power to heal and deliver and set free. We thank you for that name. The name that can do anything that we allow it to do. So, Lord, we uncover those parts of our lives that we hide because you cannot heal what we will not uncover. So we uncover and we stand open before, we, before you. And I pray for each and every person in this room. And I ask that your blood would bring healing and health and strength and joy. Lord, we choose today to cheer up because you have overcome the world. And we see that there is no way but yours. There is no other way that's going to give us peace and joy in the storm. So we kiss the waves today and we say thank you for reminding me that I have a rock that I can stand on, that my house is not built on sand where it's going to fall, but I stand firm. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us. Thank you for listening to our cry. And I pray that your healing would come, your strength would come, and your comfort would come to your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us. May the Lord continue his healing work in all our hearts. And may he use each one of us, as broken as we may be, may he use us for his glory. Amen. Those of you here, those of you online, those of you listening, thank you. May the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday and a blessed week. Amen. Thank you so much, Leah. Praise God. Thank you.